It's a delight to be here with you this morning and to worship our Father in heaven. If you take your Bible and turn to the book called Samuel, there's 1 Samuel. He wrote so much they had to divide it in two, called 2 Samuel. Just one Samuel, but uh, he had wrote enough to make two books. I think most of us have sometime or another been in a been in a club or organization in which we repeated a pledge and that pledge said, I'll do my best. You ever been in one of those? I'll do my best. <clears throat> Today's message is built around that pledge, I'll do my best. And it has to do with a man named Arunah from the Old Testament. He's not a prophet. He's not a writer. He just happened to be in this story. Now, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, and then we got Chronicles. Those are books of history. And each one of them write a different story, different slant on the story. One of the writers never did record anything bad. He put everything in was positive, only good stuff. You'll have to read it to find out which one it is. But those are the historical books. And today we're looking at Samuel. Second Samuel, the last chapter, Samuel. It's a little confusing to read those words through the last chapter, for there's not really a sequence of thought. So what we think maybe it is, what the scholars think maybe it is, that this was an index to the rest of the book. For each one of these little references can be traced back into something as a link, as we'd say today, to something else in the other few books. In the Hebrew Bible, Samuel is just one book. And First and Second Samuel appear as one book just called Samuel. Now these two books together, they deal with the establishment of the kingdom of God on earth. There wasn't always a kingdom. There was a nation. There was a group of people. But they had a king. The king was David. But they didn't have a particular place of worship. It was always in their own home or a, just a small gathering. But now David wanted to have a national type, a national religion for the people of Israel of the Old Testament. And so he decided that he wanted to do something. Matter of fact, one of the prophets was prodding him to do something about that, and so he decided he would. Now Samuel, just for your information, 
is about the establishment of that kingdom. And then you move into First and Second Kings, and it's about the deterioration of that kingdom. So you have two viewpoints here. <clears throat> kingdom didn't always last. Now David is the main character of our text. And this is one of the things that I can appreciate about David <clears throat> is his interest was to establish a, a worship of, the, of God by the people as a national activity, national thing, national event. Now David did some good things. You can line them up with his bad things. But I think we'll look at his good things today. One of the things was he put worship in the heart of the people's life. Another thing that he did was he realized his own limitations and he yielded his will to God in his older age. And also he laid the plans for what would be called the temple. He was the architect for that. And he laid the preparation or he made the preparation or he organized it into a national hymn book called Psalms. <clears throat> so he did some good things. And so in the, prompt, the, the prob, prodding of the prophet to David to establish a, a religion, national religion, he knew he had to have a building for it. Now today, if you go into that area, if any of you traveled in that area, and see, been to the Rock of the Dome, well, that's where we are this morning. It was on that piece of property that David bought to establish a place to build the temple. The reason why he chose that was because of the solid foundation. It was a solid rock. And the rock of the dome is the building that's on it today. Now, a threshing floor it was called, a threshing floor. Now, if you don't, uh, didn't grow up on a farm, you don't, wouldn't know about threshing. I didn't grow up on a farm. I visited. That's where my grandfather lived. <clears throat> but threshing, they take the, cut the wheat, bring it in, lay it on the threshing floor. And then they would take a few of the animals to walk over it, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And they were breaking the uh, pods of the wheat. And the seed would fall on the ground. I really, it would fall on a big sheet of paper or a sheet of cloth. And they would uh, then pick it up when they had enough of it uh, been laid out there. And I guess it would take four people to pick up that sheet and throw it up, and the wind would come and blow, and the chaff would be blown away because it was light. It would be blown away. They call that wintering. Isn't that a wonderful term? Wintering. 
<clears throat> you think it's not the season, but it was the wind blowing through uh, when it blew it up in the air, and the real good stuff from the wheat grain would be on the ground. They picked that up, then they could make their bread. And that's why it was, it was chosen for that, because of the hard surface. Now, David goes out to look for a place. Where could we have a temple? Where could we even start? So he did know enough about building to know it had to have a solid foundation. And so he knew where there was a wintering place where they did that would have to be a solid foundation. So he walked up on the place where a man who did that, who was a farmer, and I don't know how you pronounce his name in verse uh, 24, but uh, every Bible I have and every text I have puts those little symbols on how to pronounce that. They're all different. So that's the way I felt about Hebrew anyway. It was all different to me. Now the best I could come up with, and the one I chose and liked the best, is Aruna. R-O-O, Aruna. And some of you uh, English experts uh, can help me later on with that, okay? Now he approached Aruna. But Aruna saw the king coming and knew it was the king. And the king had his servants with him. Now here's poor Runoff out there trying to make a living and he sees the king approaching to him and his servants. So Runoff doesn't know what the king wants. Usually the king got what he wanted. So Runoff said, well, might as well be prepared to give it up and give it to him because he'll get it anyway. And you know what David said? No, I'll not take it as a gift. I will buy it. I will give you in their money the price of this field. Now, David had done some research, or David was aware of the values of property. For he knew what the property was worth. And he told Arunah, I will give you this much money for the property. And Arunah said, no, you take the property. I'll even throw in the, the animals that uh, walk across the uh, uh, wheat. And you can use that for a burnt offering. And there's wood over here. And uh, you can use that. You can take it all. It's yours. It's your gift. And David said, no, I'm going to buy it. For I will not offer a burnt offering to the Lord for that which costs me nothing. And that is a key point of worship. Of that which costs me nothing. David did a good job. He needed the property. He found it. Because David was on a campaign, whatever you want to call it, for a new day in a new way. It was a new day for the people and it was a new way for the people 
for he was wanting to bring consolidate people to come together to worship together in a big crowd. But it's a new day and a new way and he's starting up new. Now what made a man like David attitude change when he had been able to get everything he wanted before just because he wanted it. It was there. But now he bought it. This was different. Something had happened in his life that, that made him think differently about what was happening. How in the world do I do what this prophet has told me to do? So I'm going to buy it. I will not worship in something that costs me nothing. David followed some principles. And those principles are recorded in what we call the Old Testament. And they also then linked out over into the New Testament, what we call the New Testament. Those same principles are there. And I believe then that those principles hold true for us even today. The same principles that David was influenced with are those that influence us today if we'll follow them. I think first of all, David was guided, David's choice here was guided by God. David gave to God. That was his primary thing. That's what we'll find in worship. It is to God that we have worship. Now, I think the saying, David gave it to God. And I think one of the principles that we find in Deuteronomy, book of the law, chapter 16, Verse 17, and each of you must bring a gift in proportion to the way the Lord God has blessed you. That was a good principle. How do you give to God? According to he, how he has blessed you. Then the principle kept moving on even in the New Testament. The second one you can find, you can find a lot of them, but the second one that I liked was found in Matthew chapter 10, verse 8. And it was, freely you have received, freely give. Not reluctant, not lagging behind, not resentful, not thinking, well, if I give, I'll be blessed. I've often said you can't outgive God, but you don't do it to get from God. You get it, you give it to God. That's what a gift is. You ever give your children a gift thinking you're going to get something back from them? Well, that uh, could be improved a little bit if that's so. 
But then with uh, God, you don't expect something back from him. You give it to him for who he is. Freely you have received, freely give. And also in in the book of Corinthians, chapter 16, verse 2, the scripture says, On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving up so when the collection is taken, you can contribute. That's pretty explicit. On the first day of the week, that's Sunday today. It's something you have decided to do, and you do it. The last one I found I want to mention is called, found in the second book of Corinthians, chapter 9, verse 7, that every man should give what has been decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now you are about to venture on a new day in a new way. You are about to extend a call to a pastor. And you're going to have to support that man and his family. You are taking on a very big task. It is a new day and a new way for you. And so I decided to preach on money because pastors don't like to do it, so I'm going to do it for him. And I just did. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for men like Arunah who was willing to give it all but who became part of the establishment of the temple. His part was small, but it became to build something big. And for the future and the days and years and centuries ahead, he was part of it. I'll be the one to be part of it, Father. I want to be cheerful about it. I want to be thorough about it. And I want to be in your will when I do it. So shall we stand and that we sing?